Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star for two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a special bestie of the pod who hasn't been on in a while because he's been busy with life. It's Derek Speedy, everyone! Woo! Hello! Hi, John. Hi, Hi D-Speeds, how you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Same. I'm so excited to talk about the high school musical. Sorry to jump the gun, but I'm just I mean, so people, excited. People probably saw it already. They, they had to click on it in order to play the episode. Oh, that is true. But, I forgot people can read. That's right. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Some sometimes. people can read. I'm one of those that can't sometimes. Um, but as Derek said, ooh, it's still so weird to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? To, to say Derek. Not D speeds. You're okay. So so D speeds for sure. But then also when we knew each other uh, at, at Stage Door, uh, there were some people who said I had I had one of those names that you could. They felt like they could only say the full name. They had Derek to say Speedy. Derek Speedy. Yeah. And there's apparently I recently learned there's a very like etymological reason for a lot of this. And I, apparently, I I probably should have tested this out before I say this. Live, not live, but before I say this, before it goes out for everybody, but like, there's a reason we say salt and pepper, not pepper and salt. And it's like, we like that, like, trochaic stress. Ah. So, salt and pepper, Derek Speedy. We digress. We're here today to talk about what D Speed said earlier, which is High School Musical, the first one. And yes, we are doing the trilogy, but with different guests every episode. I'm so sad I don't get to talk about Bet on It. Sorry. It's but okay. you picked you picked this one. And I then did pick this one. You didn't say you wanted all three of them. I know. I didn't want to be greedy. Share the wealth. Um, high Speedy, school- not greedy. Ooh. Oh. Oh. That's a, that should be your slogan. You know, put, get merch and stuff. My Tumblr in high school was not needy but speedy at tumblr.com. Oh. And it was just a lot of repostings of Spring Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um so high school musical it's a decom from 2006 disney channel original movie for those of you who don't know the the shorthand um you the, ignorant swine <laughs> that's d speed saying it not me uh the screenplay is by peter barasochny nailed it yeah we're doing great speaking about speaking not of can't read <laughs> uh directed by kenny ortega every song is written by a different group of people so good it's luck. basically the spongebob squarepants musical soundtrack of disney well it's hold on uh according to and according to imdb a popular high school athlete and an academically gifted girl get roles in the school musical and develop a friendship that threatens East High social order. <laughs> can I can I can I see that movie description and and raise it for what Disney Plus's description is, which oh, is a basketball star and a brainy girl find a place in the spotlight. Dot 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 and love. Yeah, both which grammatically of them, I don't like. I just don't like either. <laughs> both of them fail miserably to describe what actually happens. It's basically 
Grease 3, because that's what the intention was originally, Grease 3 morphed into High School Musical over Because they didn't, they didn't want, they wanted to get through all the red tape. I literally, having rewatched this for the first time in... However many probably, years, yeah. Probably 10 years. Um, <laughs> I have a note down that says, wait, is this just Grease? Yes. Yes, it is. That did not compute. Grease was never a big... Uh, another never a big part of my musical theater journey no you guys um, you, you and your dad were too busy listening to abba exactly it's true so i have a question for you d speeds uh-oh did you pick this because of stage for a manor no so i was doing a little research uh because there is a stage version which you know <laughs> but of course stage for a manor is the place where it premiered the stage version. That's right. Whoa. No, that's so, not why I picked this. Oh, okay. Because we, you know, it's lore now, and we mentioned it earlier that we know each other from Stage Door. But, um, so the TV movie, oh, wait, you would be too young for this. The TV movie came out in January 2006, and then in August of the same year, Stage Door did the show. So here's why I picked this. I was 10 years old when this movie came out. Oh. Yeah, there you go. How does that feel, John? I was, um, I was, I was, so 17 on the cusp of 18 when this movie came out. Oh, okay. All right. So right? firmly in high school. So, yeah. so I, I have a feeling that this would, so this hit my demographic perfectly. I mean, mine too, because theater kid in high school and then in college, where I proceeded to, my friends proceeded to teach us the dance to we're all in this together. And I still know it to this day. <laughs> so this is the thing is that I, and there's a lot in watching this that's going to come up, is I don't think I was fully a theater kid yet. Well, you were 10. So that's. I was 10. I know, but I was still very competitively playing hockey. So you are Troy Boy, Troy Boy, Troy Bolton. Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Cuz theater was always a part of my life. It was my parents loved the theater. I, I by the time I was 9, I was doing shows. So this was right around as I was really doing shows and I always knew like I was like, I'm going to be the lead when I'm in eighth grade in the middle school musical because all the eighth graders get their roles. And I know it's going to be me. Um, but that was, I, it was, that would have been 2009. Okay. So I had never even had a lead role yet. I'd never been to theater camp. I'd been in, I think, two shows. And I was just really starting to love theater. But I was still known as an artsier kid. Okay. But also, two years later, I would be... <laughs> Don't mean to brag, but uh, the unofficial captain of the middle school hockey team. Ooh, unofficial. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's because they didn't they didn't announce it, but they but the the uh, the. <laughs> oh, this is so petty uh, that I think <laughs> about this. Um, no, the 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 coach pulled like me and one other kid aside and we're like, "Hey, uh, I don't believe in captains, but uh, I'm looking to you guys to kind of lead the team." And we're like, "Okay." So you you were co-captains. Great. Thank great. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, God. So did you ever do the show, the stage version of this? No. And 
I want to now as as a 28-year-old adult. I really <laughs> want to. I mean, what's her name? The um Oh, uh, who played Taylor. Um, yeah, Monique Coleman was like basically 25. 20, 25, 26 years old when she did this movie, when she did this one. And then the other two, obviously. And like, Over the yeah, course of the next five years, yeah. I feel like the rest of the cast, though, were like, all of them were in their 20s. Um, Van- I believe Vanessa or, was 18 or, or 17. Like, Zach I- was 18. And then Corbin Blue was 16. Oh really? I could have. Sw- I thought they were all like older than their characters are supposed to be. I think uh, Ashley Tisdale and Lucas Grabeel were older. Yes. Yeah. 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 But uh, so <laughs> personal time. I did a production of this at Stage Door Manor, which you probably heard about this infamous production. It was funny because like the there was one day that the director was talking to the director about it, and he's like, "I had to teach the kids how to dribble." <laughs> okay so one of the questions i had i was like oh cool do you do you think he had a because you know what this is we're not going to drop any bombs here infamously zach efron does not sing the majority i would say 90 percent of there's really Troy's only singing. one time that he sings and that's when he's singing live like when he, yeah he, when, he, when he's, he's on, on the balcony. balcony the opening of start of something new and the opening of breaking free yeah, are him, and you can hear Drew Seeley's voice kick in. Yeah, they wanted um, a, they wanted a tenor voice for it, and I guess yeah. I guess the I guess the music really came first, um, and they'd gotten the music all approved before they'd really found any of the actors. So, so like in the second and third movie, they wrote for Zac Efron's voice. Well, but into- my my, oh, my yeah. question, sorry, my question was going to be: Did they have body doubles for any of the basketball? And the answer is no. Because they had three hours of basketball training every single day in the like two week pre production process where they were doing dance rehearsals for like hours on end. Because they, they, I think they said they, they recorded all of the music in the first five days. Yeah, and, and there then, was like 24 yeah. days of filming or something like that. Some ridiculously I, yeah. small number. I think, no, I think there was, so I think they did five days of recording, two weeks of like boot camp. And then 24 days of filming. And the problem was that East High High School, which is a real high school in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, was in session when they were filming. And so they needed the gym back as they were filming. We're all in this together. And there's all this confetti going off in the last sequence. So they only had one shot at it. And it's like 16-year-old kids doing... Honestly, Kenny Ortega did not have to go as hard as he did on so many of these numbers. Yeah. But the choreography in this, there, in this there was, movie is so good. There was one time, stick to the status quo, I'm like, this is now... Iconic. It's iconic, but it's overly choreographed. Because there's a moment where it should be, like... You bite your damn tongue. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me explain. There's that moment uh, during Sharpay's verse... This, this is, is not, not what, what I, want. I want. Where this is not what I planned. So she's high. She's on the upper level of the cafeteria. Which, by the way, this cafeteria blows my mind that it is part of this actual high school. It is, not and not a sad. single person has a tray except for Gabriella. Ha! But so she's doing her thing, and the people below are watching her. But then, if you pay attention to the background people while she's singing, uh, when the 
camera's on her, you see movement behind her. And I'm like, this is the one time that I feel like you have everyone just like standing still staring at her. Okay, so here's a, transitioning into the music of this uh of this movie musical, of this of this of this decom musical. Um I think my one big problem with it is the rules of music are very confusing. Oh yeah. So like the the fir- the first song start of something new. I'm confused because I'm not sure if this is supposed to be a popular song in this world. It's exactly what I said, but it's also really funny that if you listen to the the teen party music or the what do they call it? Young adults party, kids party music. Um it's all like it sounds like something my like my dad would listen to and they're all like weirdly bopping to it. Well, you have to remember um, who wrote this people your dad's age wrote this movie. of course of, of course. the time but, yeah but i was like but it was it just the the music in the background of this they didn't even try to be like oh it's a kid's party here's what like here's what teens would be listening to so yeah is this a, it's a karaoke song how do they know exactly what it is including all of the vocalizations which mm-hmm. i think that's the funniest part of any time troy and gabriella sing is just like the extended vocalizations of the ooh, oh, ooh. <laughs> but then um, but then when we get into this nameless musical that that they're doing with a with a uh, a salsa number with with a, a salsa number the what i've been looking for which which version do you prefer by the way oh so this is the thing too is you know like growing at at like 10 years old i was like oh bop to the top so over choreographed this is these kids are so annoying and i'm watching it at 28 and i'm like hell yeah lucas grayville and ashley tisdale go off yeah but then then there's that moment where you're like, I was this person. <laughs> exactly. No, that's the thing is like, <laughs> I am still a little bit this person. Oh, it's also like, I feel like, you know, especially with the second one when they, they give Sharpay a little more, you know, a, a little more to do. Like, so like all these like young teen and adolescent boys are supposed to be like either in love with like Sharpay or Gabriella. And I realize now I would be in love with Kelsey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the composer. I'm like, yeah. that's, I was like, that was my type in high school. Well, so, <laughs> it was like, the music, the mute person who's really good at music. Yeah. And it's like, Sharpay, why are you threatening her? She's the one that is writing the show for you or like for the school. But like, you should be like, ooh, let's collaborate. Can you help me? F- let, uh, maybe you can tailor it to my voice or something. But at the same time, too, I also was like, um, Sharpay must be the most popular girl in school. Well, then, but then also, <laughs> like, obviously, Sharpay and Ryan have this reputation, and they're all what? Sophomores, I believe. They're in yeah, which grade. is wild. So they have this reputation because presumably it's that type of school where, like, you all go to the same district, you know? You yeah, they've all known the each same... other for years. Yeah. So, like, obviously, they would know who. Kelsey is, but it feels like she's a stranger to them. Hey, I get maybe it. She, maybe she's the new girl. Well, I get it that like um, Sharpay and Ryan are so in their own world and vapid that they don't really pay attention to everyone else. 
So like when they're on the stage, they're like, I'm the star and it's all lights on me. But I feel like Kelsey definitely like built sets at some point or was like props master or something or, (laughs) or fuck it. She was the MD of the shows. Like, of course. So what is it? Sawed off Sondheim. That's what, that's, that's what, that's what Sharpay calls her. Oh my God. So, so with these songs, what I've been looking for bop to the top and breaking free. I'm like, what the fuck is the show? I know. I I really want to know. I, I even just want to know the name. I just want to know the name. I wanted the name. But like I with the two versions of what I've been looking for, it kind of really did feel like one was the act one song and then the other one like the Ryan and Sharpay version was that in the one in act one. And then the one that Troy and Gabrielle is saying is like the sad reprise in act two. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, even with breaking free originally i wrote i was like why do we get so many previews and little hints of this like song that's to to use a term that the kids are using so mid what do you like, mean like like we just hear them both rehearsing breaking free so many times over the yeah. course of like 15 minutes before we actually ever hear the song and it's also a slowed down version of it and i don't think the song's that good especially when it's slowed down but then I have then I have a moment where I write, oh, fuck, I was wrong. This song slaps. Well, so you, that moment you're talking about, I, I literally wrote down, what's with the sinister montage? Because it's so serious and like they're rehearsing and they're, they're hiding from other people and they're doing it in secret. But then there's like very like the music that's underscoring the montage is very like, Something's afoot. Something's afoot. Oh, <laughs> another thing about start of something new real quick. I want to go back to. Yeah. <laughs> they do have, they do show like karaoke screens, but do you notice that the monitors behind them when they're singing are just a video monitor of other kids dancing at the party? <laughs> On the TV screen is just videos of other kids dancing at oh the party. It's just like, it's just like other camera angles. So I was reading on the IMDb trivia page that apparently there was going to be a saw a duet between the coach and Miss Darvis. And I don't know if that's in the stage version, because I know that they had to add stuff and make it longer and everything. Oh, gosh, I hope so. But they did miss an opportunity because Alison Reed, who plays Miss Darvis, was in the A Chorus Line movie. I know. Yeah. And she was nominated for a Tony as Sally Bowles in 1980. So I was like, well, you have such an iconic actress from a iconic from a not so well loved movie adaptation of a well loved stage show. And I was like, why don't you have her pop her head? Because she played Cassie. Just pop it. Just pop, <laughs> Don't pop your head, Cassie. Come on. Just once, please. Just once. That's all we needed. And I don't think in any of the other sequels she does that. And I'm very upset now. God damn Missed it. opportunities. Uh, <laughs> oh, so during the whole like third act of the movie, I got really angry at the characters. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen this movie before. I've, like I said, we, she and I have a history, this movie and I. But... 
I just kept writing fuck off character. Fuck off character. Like, fuck uh fuck off Chad, how dare you guilt Troy? Uh that was in the locker room moment. Um fuck off Taylor. We tried, you fucked up. Like when she's like, Oh, we apologize. We tried to get them back together. No, you didn't. You fucked every you broke everything. Take you responsibility. Broke you broke it. Fix it. Oh, and then the big one. Fuck off Coach Bolton. Quote, what I, so this is one of his lines. Uh, what I really want to see, uh, what I really want is to see my son having the time of his life playing the game we both love. You give me that and I will sleep with a smile on my face no matter how the score comes out. I'm like, basically, you're you're having a gay panic moment right now. Yep. And chat, Chad is the worst with the gay panic, but we will, that's a whole other worms for a whole other day. So much with this movie, too, at one point. It's like, I'm like, yo, Troy, you wearing a purity ring? What's that ring you're wearing? What sophomore in high school who's the most popular kid in school is wearing a ring all the time? I mean, I wore, I wore a Clada ring at one point in high, sc- in high school. Were you the most popular kid in high school, John? <sighs> no. No, I don't think my high school really did have like a most. Was I the most kid. popular kid in high school? Absolutely of not. You did were. I? Oh. <laughs> no, I did. I did. I wear. Did I wear rings? Sure did. <laughs> and I wore more like more like bracelets. Oh uh, yeah, we because our generation. I'm surprised there weren't a lot of bracelets because like yeah, come on, live strong, slap bracelets. What? Yeah, the like like the the handmade ones where you, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, like friendship bracelets. Yeah. I didn't wear rings in high school, but <laughs> I digress. I, I, it's so funny, though. <laughs> like, this is clearly playing on an existing trope. And this is what I don't understand because it, it, it hit me so young. I don't know if this instilled it in me or if I recognize this trope already existing where it's like not – it's like it is this idea of like jocks versus like artists mm-hmm. and like – Oh, the theater, it's uncool to do this, the theater kids. So two things about that. One, at the end of the movie, the theater kids are still the villains and still not cool. It's just exactly what Sharpay and Ryan say has happened. The smarties and the jocks have just taken it over. And they're still the villains and now don't have their club. They don't have their safe space, yeah. They don't so there's that. And two, so I don't know if that like instilled in me this this idea that like a la glee, I was gonna get slushies thrown in my face um when I went to oh. high school. But oh, yeah. I decided not to do uh my fall drama when I went to this like I went to a very iconic all-male Catholic high school known for its uh, athletics. Very much known for its athletics. And I was like, I, I don't want to be known as the theater kid. So uh, I played football freshman well, of year. Of course you did. Which I had never played before. In fact, I ended up uh, giving myself a concussion in practice by tackling someone onto myself. And I never admitted to my team why I was a week late to training camp. I told them I was on vacation with my parents in the Catskills. You were at in stage fact, door. I was at stage door manor doing, I think that would have been guys and dolls. Huh. 
<laughs> um, I do have to give this movie credit, though, that they chose basketball as the sport and not football, because I feel like football would have been too easy of a choice. Yeah. Disney loves Disney, Disney does loves love basketball. basketball. I don't know why, now that I think about it. Because I feel like... I feel like it's cheaper to film. Potentially, but also I feel like sports is hard to film because you're dealing with an inanimate object that has a mind of its own, but you need it to film perfectly and do... And putting it in the hands of teenagers. And Yeah. So, like, any... But, like, any sport. Like... Yeah. I, I mean, credit to all, all those involved in sports-related movies, because, like, my God. And in this one, they are dancing with basketball, so... Like, wait, let's talk about that sequence real quick. Because, holy shit. Yeah. Honestly, watching that again now is, like, especially also as, like, somebody who, like, does does this for a living. I'm like, that's impressive choreography. Yeah. Because, again, it, the... The inanimate object does whatever it wants. There is no, there is no like you need to bounce at this time or like I need to have so much. Like it's a weird juxtaposition where you have to know how much force you have to give it to bounce it and put it back up in rhythm. It's also not just like another piece of choreography. Like that is, you know, I know very skilled dancers who would not be able to do that. Right. Like that is a very different skill mm-hmm. that was so impressive. And this is the other thing too, is, you know, I was trying to, and maybe you can hide a lot with film and, and cutting and stuff, but everything is so tight. The choreography in particular is so tight throughout this whole film. I mean, they got away with not using the recorded sound. Yeah. So like, true. obviously it's, but, like, you're watching it, and you're like, you're all are moving in rhythm. And it's all, like, there isn't somebody who's off, you know? It's a lot, like, exactly. There's not, like, I was, try, I was trying to find, like, the one person they were hiding. What's interesting is you can, in Stick to the Status Quo, there are so many people staring at the camera. There's one guy in oh yeah Zeke's verse, I believe, that he's, like, staring directly at the camera. And I'm like, you fuck this up oh during during her 11 o'clock number uh vanessa hudgens looks in the camera so many times right and like i mean but also I'm... fuck that song which one the one what? that i didn't even i didn't even remember was in this when there was I can name you you. every other song is that the name okay here's the here's the notes i have for that wow i don't remember this song at all wow these ser- these lyrics suck mm-hmm what is that belt that she's wearing? <laughs> is she looking into the camera by accident, like, multiple times? Also, what is the title of this song? Okay, I thought it was Because I Liked the View. Because she says oh. that over and over near the end. I was like, is yeah. it called Me and You? Is it called I Liked the View? Man, that song goes on for so long. Although, it's I so bad. Watching it, I was like, I understand why you became a star. Oh, hell yeah. Like, talent-wise, she's amazing. Everything you've described, though, is like the hundreds of other people behind the camera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but true. not but not Vanessa Hudgens herself. Oh, I no, was... also, they, they basically said, hey, uh, just walk through these empty halls and sing this song, 
and uh, we're going to film you. That's well, so, so that's not easy. It, well, this is the formula for not only the uh, the other two High School Musical movies, but like I feel like this is what changed Disney Channel original movies. Because I've done a few of them on this podcast. Lemonade Mouth, Camp Rock. Actually, no, I haven't done those yet. But I've done what the, the fuck. I've done the Zombies trilogy. I did Teen Beach movie. Um, I, uh, on my other one, we did Descendants on my other podcast. So, like, I've seen also a bunch- Penny Ortega. Yeah, but like now, I think because this blew up. The highest, the first, like the first one blew up, and the second one was even larger of a of a impact culturally. I feel like they were like, okay, now we have the formula. Let's just delete the names, and we're gonna type in a new name, and then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be like, what is the metaphor? Because now we have to add a metaphor besides <laughs> to Mad Libs, yeah. Well, because this one is a nonviolent Romeo and Juliet. Let's be real here. Not only is it Grease 3, but it's a nonviolent Romeo and Juliet. There's a balcony scene. And also, there, there is, is a balcony scene. And a party. Also, and also, Zach Efron looks exactly like the guy who plays Romeo in that iconic... Leonardo DiCaprio? No, the other one. The one that's from, like, the 60s. If you, if you pull it up, he looks exactly like Zach Efron. And every English class in, like, the aughts to the teens watched this... When they did Romeo and Juliet. Just look up Zac Efron, Holy Romeo. Shit. Yeah, they look exactly the same. So this actor that D-Speed is talking about is Leonard Whiting? Yeah. Oh, same hair, too. Exact same hair. I mean, I get it that uh, in 2006, that was all that. The Bieber cut? The Bieber cut was big. But, like, damn. I had a Bieber cut. Um, okay, we hang on. We lost one thread here that I want to go back to, especially talking about Get Your Head in the Game. Okay. Is like the first song we get is okay. Clearly, this is like supposed to be setting up their love story. It's supposed to be about them, you know, f- kind of like into each other. It's the but it's start of something, something new. Oh, but okay. also like, is it just a popular song? It's a karaoke. Like everyone else can hear it. Yes, and there's and then immediately that immediately the next not immediately but the next song is "Get Your Head in the Game" that kind of just happens with the people who hate singing and dancing. Yes. Oh, yeah. That ha- that's gonna that that's a gonna be a recurring thing for the next few episodes. Of a feeling. But then he holds a note during that iconic spotlight moment, <laughs> and they all look at him. And he goes, oh, what am I doing? Yikes. And then they start dancing again. Also, the fact that Corbin Blue, who, playing Chad, who's the biggest, like, you can't sing, man, is the biggest theater nerd of all of them. And the only and, one who's really continued to do a big theater career outside of this movie. And the best dancer out of the bunch. And the best dancer of them all, absolutely. But yeah, he just goes back and forth between, like, oh, we're performing a song, a number, which clearly has undertones of like, we love each other, blah, blah, blah. Or it's like, this is a musical number. And I get, maybe that's, I get that's the, I get that that's the point, that it's musical. But I just think the rules of it are very confusing and they don't, going from start of something new directly into get your head in the game, I think, do you think that establishes it perfectly that there are no rules? 
or is it just confusing? Well, so I think it, I think it's just following because this is a, I, I'm making this term up. I don't think this term exists. This is a performative musical where a lot of the numbers are justified that they are performances. Um, you can see this in like Rock of Ages. There's um, another one. I've done so many of them that it's like you're clearly justifying the musical by it's them performing. But also this is musical theater land where like they break, they bust out into song with get your head in the game and stick to the status quo. Uh, and then we're all in this together. The two the, best, the two best songs in the, in the, in the entire thing. Right. So it's, I think with the two songs they're with the first two songs, they're saying, yes, they are going to be performing in this killer musical. In, oh, sorry, in this iconic musical. But we are also going to break out into song and dance. Iconic. Because they have feelings. It's weird. I understand what you're saying. I, just, I don't have an answer. <laughs> like, we have to get in touch with, uh, with Disney and be like, what's going on? I do. I do want to shout out this this movie though. That like, and I, the the things that I've learned from behind the scenes, especially Kenny Ortega's kind of like leadership. Again, with these like with these teenagers and kids in their twenties, I'm actually really impressed by. And maybe I'm seeing the dressed up version of it, but there's a lot that's come out. You know, in the I can't do that. Eighteen years since this came out. Mm-hmm. Eighteen years. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> like for instance, Lucas Grabeel and Ashley Tisdale hated each other oh because interesting uh apparently ashley tisdale gave lucas grabeel notes at his audition when they got paired together he's like who the fuck are you and she was already on disney channel and he had been in uh one of the halloween town movies but she was currently in like a really big disney property so it's funny all the promos really follow her because nobody knew who zach efron and vanessa hudgens were yet Oh, so everything was really oh. promoting her as kind of the person pushing everything because people recognized her from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. So she was like, I'm our, I'm a, you know, I'm Disney star who the, the, this kid, whatever. And so they apparently hated each other. And there's some behind the scenes things that I watched where Ashley Tisdale looks at the camera and goes, Lucas is just such a good mover. And, she, and he goes, oh, you stop it. You're always doing this. And they're literally just like pe- petty right at each other. It's so funny. And they're like. So like they were in character, but they were not in character because they were actually. Exactly. Because they actually hated each other. And they're like apparently very good friends now. And they've gotten over it. But it's very funny. Uh, um, All this to say that I think there are some really cool moments in this that, again, as somebody. <laughs> As somebody who is a little bit of an athlete, he says, wearing his Detroit Lions jersey right now as we film this. Oh, boy. Uh, film this? Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're, you know what? I'm filming this. You're not filming this? Come on. For prosperity. Okay, for the audio as we film the As we film the audio of this. <laughs> um, I remember going in, like, my dad's office. You know, for like when I was when I was younger, they'd be like, oh, look, you know, when I was like six or seven or eight, they're like, oh, it's the hockey player. What's up, bud? And then there was a time where I started coming in. They're like, oh, the actor. And it was funny, like you know, they talk about like, oh, the acting guy or the hockey guy. And it was cool that I like I liked being able to be both. 
And so, yeah, it was kind of a joke at some points. People were like, oh, you're, you're, you just think you're Troy Bolton, don't you? I don't know why I, I went to school in Canada, apparently. Um, hey. You just think you're Troy Bolton, don't you? Hey. Um, but it was really cool. And I, you know, and, and I liked for as long as I was able to play until I got my, like, six concussions. Um, oh! Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that, you know, I, I felt like I didn't have to choose. And... There's so much awful dialogue in this movie that yeah. throughout the whole thing, though, honestly, like, you know, I, we all make, I think it's in the zeitgeist, people get ironic about High School Musical and, and, and kind of make fun of it for being cheesy. And it is cheesy, but the amount of commitment to the sincerity of it is so lovely, actually, that I think they make it work. And there's a reason that, so many people out of this did become stars yeah. because they're very good. Again, taking very cheesy dialogue, even like that kindergarten sequence when they talk about that, that's actually like looking back on it now again as a 28 year old is very beautiful. Like remember when you were just in 28, you were, you were in kindergarten and you could just meet someone and in 10 minutes you were their best friend because you just liked who they were because uh, you didn't have to yeah. be anything. Yeah, I was like, that's beautiful. And you know, when I think when I was like, 10 11 12 years old i thought that was so cheesy but it really rings true and, and hearing these you know these actors say it these these really cheesy lines the commitment to the sincerity i think is is um astounding and i think that comes from kenny ortega and his you know his leadership uh, uh, <laughs> i did write something down though that i have to share with everyone so when i did teen witch um, I pulled from How Did This Get Made, where they called Polly the best friend hats in that one, because she wore a lot of hats. And this one, I want to nickname Taylor Scarves, because of the amount of scarves that she wears. Or like in... Lucas Grabeel hats. Ryan is queer-coded, so that's another, that's a different, different beast. But a whole different beast. Taylor, Taylor is scarves, because I'm like... I get it. This was an early 2000s thing, but they're supposed to be in like, what, New Mexico or something like that? Albuquerque, yeah. And, and like, it's interesting because you, when you watch it, I was like, did they like reverse engineer that they're in New Mexico because of the time of year that they were filming and like everyone, like it's sunny out, there's no snow. For whatever reason, it's set in January. I don't know why. It could be set in September and they it, they could have said it anywhere <laughs> because they need the winter musicale well that that is insane that like i wonder how many shows that they do oh yeah sharpay says that she's been in 17 school musicals yeah how many do they do how many year? do they do but also and if they're all original and this is the only one that kelsey's gotten to write oh my gosh but also i feel like this was the first or one of the first movies or tv shows or tv movies to talk about like the importance of sports and how the arts are portrayed in high school or in school mm -hmm. because they talk about when when darbus and the coach are with the principal the principal says his thing but then he's like coach how are we doing sports 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 and it's like there are other clubs and things. And I mean, 
yeah, the team is fine and all, but like usually the trope is that the sports teams suck and the other programs are the ones that are better and could use the funding instead of giving, you know, the football team new jerseys, even though they're terrible. Give it, but like, you know, maybe buy a new light for the for the theater department or something. Or another paper mache camel. Another, Iconic. Another papier mache camel, yes. And tree. Also, in uh in Breaking What are those two doing in a tree? In Breaking Free, where the fuck is that moon? Like, what is happening? There's a also, backdrop, there's a moon in Bob to the Top, they just have a a bedazzled ladder. ladder that I'm pretty sure Ryan uh Sharpe made Ryan do. You know? Oh yeah, during the fifteen minute detention, which wild. Also, uh, how is detention fifteen minutes? Like, <laughs> like detention is a set period, and like also the get. Oh my god! They're... Also, no, but uh, Ryan is fully painting the ladder, <laughs> just like painting one little part of the ladder that they're standing under. Oh, that's for continuity though. That I understand cuz the it speeds whenever the next thing you watch if there's something if the characters are painting a wall or something, just pay attention to the roller or the brush cuz they it's are going the in the place. same spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh cuz of continuity in case they need to do another take or anything. Uh but what's interesting is that Get your head in the game is during basketball period. <laughs> uh, John, some would call that gym. Uh, no, 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 no. Or practice. It, it's called it's called basketball period because that's what Kelsey says. I think. I think. I think that's a joke. I think she doesn't know. <laughs> no, no, because in the day, Darbus is their what homeroom? So that's obviously the first, or that's like earlier in the day she gives the detention and then they have a basketball practice period yeah okay that's you because you're right who has basketball practice in the middle of the school day yeah and then they and then they have detention and i'm like detention is after school or during lunch yes and like basketball practice is after school because during school you're at you have gym class, which is totally different. So what is basketball you have to practice? run a mile after having chicken tenders and milk at eleven thirty in the morning. Uh, 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 uh. Basketball class. I'm sorry, that's what it's called. Not mm, <laughs> basketball. Mm. Not basketball period. Basketball class. That's what she mm. calls it. Because she's even like free period basketball class. Um, the other thing I want to I want to touch upon before we get into sharp and flat is like I was I was surprisingly an honors kid even though I can't read. Uh, as <laughs> we, I'm I'm joking when I say that like last names are hard, but I was an honors kid and looking at the equations and stuff that they're doing, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what is this linear algebra these sophomores are doing? What I, sophomore year we oh my god like I was looking at it, I was like. Where, first of all, what class are we in? Because it's like a science lab and they're doing math and there's other things. And I get that science and math go hand in hand. But like, are they doing math equations or are they doing equations to solve like a science problem? <laughs> What's going on? But also I'm looking at it. I'm like, 
I didn't see those symbols until maybe senior year when I took calculus. Maybe. Maybe. The epsilon sign, I was like, I've never seen that in a, in a math equation. Uh, <laughs> so, and the fact that Gabriella is like, I could do this really fast in my head. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you going to this high school? Go to college. Like, Just go to college. You're a sophomore. Be Doogie Hauser for fuck's sake. Um, anyway, is there anything else you want to, oh, yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? I think we should move into Sharp and Flat. Great, let's do it. Sharp Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Where, what do you want to start with? Let's start with flat. Great. Uh, do you want to go first with your flats? Yes. I want to get into a conversation, particularly with you, Uh-oh. about costuming in this film. May I just present you with uh, a few examples? And these are your flats, these examples, I'm assuming. These are my flats. Although, are they sneaky sharps? Kind of. <laughs> um, does his shirt say, I worship waffles? It sure does. You mean Chad's, right? Yeah, it sure did. Okay. It sure said I worship waffles. Um, Then when they come to tell Troy in his secret super uh, hiding spot in the hanging gardens of Babylon that uh, what they did to to trick him with the super subtle and sneaky webcam that they set up. Whoa, guys. (laughs) Real espionage going on in East High. Oh my um, God. But uh, I think Zeke is wearing wristbands, like sweatbands. <laughs> yeah. Um, where's another couple examples? So I I have an answer for your first one, by the way. And it's according to IMDb trivia. So grain of salt, everyone. Uh, allegedly, Corbin Blue came up with the slogans that appear on the shirts that he wears in the movie. <sighs> So I don't know Corbin. if that's really an answer, but like... I changed my vote. Iconic. <laughs> um, But just the... I feel like I didn't notice the, the, the color coding until the end when everybody's just in blue or red. And then I thought, I was like, okay, blue's the drama kids, red's the athletes... And then you notice when she takes off her lab coat during Breaking Free that she's wearing this, like, almost pink, purplish dress. Mm. I was like, oh, so now, you know, you can be both. But then they come out and they're all wearing red for we're all in this together. And I was like, oh, okay, that's-, that's that's because they're doing a color coordinated finale. I tried to do that with our production. I couldn't because there was not enough time to change everybody. Um. I did it, I although I did it when I did fame, uh, but <laughs> but I tried to do it because of this, because it's, because everyone was in red and white in some degree, and that's a, that's a more of a musical theater thing, you know, they, they set up the, the school colors are red and white, and so they're trying to be like, school centric, yeah. <laughs> So I think I think uh, uh, my theory is that we're all in this together. If you're going by the color coded 
class system or or hierarchy or social system, whatever, I think we're all in this together lives outside of that. And that's more of like a because they turn it into a a uh, a curtain call of sorts. Because when the everyone has their verse, you hear applause underneath it. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're right. So that that song just lives outside of everything else. So costuming wise, I think that's just like you know for the eye and to like be school spirit. Yeah. <laughs> One other costuming. Uh... I want to call out is when uh in the final in the final number when uh Kelsey comes straight out of a panic at the disco music video with the bowler hat and the <laughs> she's ready she, to call the groom's bride a whore. She's also another one who's older that like like her and Taylor I think are the same age. Her and Lucas Grabeel were in Halloween Town High. Yeah, so well. but like there are moments where you look at her and I'm like you are trying so hard to style her very, very young. Yeah. She looks like an adult. (laughs) Like she looks like her and the other ones who can are going to pound some beers after the shoot because my God. (laughs) I mean, apparently drugs were uh, definitely playing a part later after this for all of them. I think my other flat (laughs) Again, this is almost an ironic flat is the dialogue, <laughs> particularly uh, the one, the quippy one-liners evaporate tall person is a good I one. I loved that one. Iconic. Iconic. Um, Iconic. When we see Troy as the actual, like when he's coming back to school, talking to Chad, they're in the middle of a conversation. All you hear is some guy go, you're the man. I think my answer is going to be, it's a Disney movie. There's they're, no... um, they're in homeroom and the camera's starting to follow them into homeroom and you, you see <laughs> Zach Efron talking to Corbin Blue and he goes, all I remember is like pink jelly. Pink jelly. Pink, yes. Yes. And I watch everything with subtitles and that comes up and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? If you, if you watch this with subtitles, there are some lines that you don't really hear from like background people. Yeah. You're like, what is happening? Um, hang on, I think I got one more. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, my sweet sawed off Sondheim is still great. And I think I got one more for you. I hope I do. Oh, I'm so. You're oh, flatting. Wait, you're flatting these. It sounds like you're I, I'm realizing now as I'm flatting these. These are all, all sharps. I was a. Uh, I was so also, I do you actually, I was also, I was also like two glasses of tequila deep in this. <laughs> um, glasses. Wow. Glasses. Two glasses um, of tequila deep. Two glasses. <laughs> two bottles. Also at the end, at the end of Bob to the top, <laughs> Sharpay just looks out into the audience and goes, Oh, hi, call me. Oh Yeah. These flats don't sound like they're flats, really. It's, I think I, it is also now that I, I I did some reading this morning. Apparently, Kenny Ortega said, "I'm going to call cut, but keep going." And I think these are all just like again, sixteen, seventeen year olds being like, "I guess I gotta say something." So I I, I switched these all to iconic. Um, I actually have flats, so I flatted um. The dubbing of Zac Efron. It was weird because, like, his mouth was moving weirdly. So wide. So, so wide. wide. 
And it, it was like, I think he was overcompensating to sa- to look like he's sounding like Drew Seeley. So, Let me show you. I'm singing. Yes. Um, I also flatted Chad in the Gay Panic. My other flat is the treatment of Syndra, the opera singer, during the um, the montage of the audition. I was like, why? She sounds great. Like she sounds great. Oh, that whole sequence. Sing that whole audition sequence walked so pitch perfect. Audition sequence could run. Run. Um, I also flatted everyone who tries to guilt Troy and Gabriella for not trying something for trying something different. Oh yeah, let me flat. Let me flat. Uh, the dad. <laughs> oh yeah, Coach Bolton. Yes. Yeah, let me flat Coach Bolton there. Um, I think that goes in with the gay panic. Also, the fact that the mom is in the first scene and then never comes back. Oh yeah, where's Gabriella's dad? That's what I'd like to know. I mean, she does say she goes. I have to get back to my mom. So I think you're supposed to to realize that it's. I don't. That rem- I don't remember. I don't remember that detail, but so like, then, so then Troy says, "Oh, I have to do that too." My mom, not your mom, and my right. dad. I also flattered the unnecessary titles. This is specifically when it's the like at the end when it's the game, it's the uh, decathlon and the auditions, and I was like, "Why? Why is this here now?" And the way that it's stacked, it's wrong. Because it's going up and help is at the top of this list of things. And I was like, no, you do it from the top down, you fucking morons. Anyway. Um, and then my last flat. My last flat is for the Spanish at the beginning of Bop to the Top. It felt weird. I get it. It's This is a product of its time. And it's a Disney Channel movie. But like. And set in Albuquerque. But like, come on. We could have. The the rolling of the R's and the, like, uh, noises that they were making. I was just like, guys, this is on the way of becoming, like, brown face or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's it for my flats. I, do- I really don't have a lot of flats. I have way more sharps. And I think all my flats were mostly sharps. Yeah, it sounds like your flats were sharps, but like you agreed with me on some of my flats, so you did technically have some. I think the only huge swing and miss for me is Gabriella's 11 o'clock number. Okay. Yeah. I think I remember skipping through that when I was a kid. Yeah, that's. I would fast forward through it. That's the skip. Uh, All right, sharps, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) First and foremost, just. D R A M A C L U B exclamation point. mark <laughs> like that I laughed so hard at that iconic iconic yeah overall the choreography but particularly shout out Lucas Grabeel because yeah. it's particularly for Bop to the top and a lot of what they were doing again I this is why I'm I'm really interested the more I hear about like Kenny Ortega he's like hey why don't you guys just you know improvise for a little bit and uh, we'll see what we like and we'll put it into the choreography. Well, what's also interesting is that not only is Kenny Ortega the director slash choreographer, but there are two other choreographers attached to this. And they are yeah. not his assistants. They are not his associates. They are co-choreographers. Yeah. One is Bonnie's story. And the other one is Charles Klapow, who I'm sorry to like take over for a hot second, your sharps, but I sharped him. Because he's the one that 
is in the movie. He is one of the basketball players with the faux hawk. Oh, hell yeah. He's in all three of these movies, and I believe he is a choreographer as well for all three of them. Okay, shout out to him. Shout out to Charles. Also, so then shout out. Yeah. Shout out to Zeke. I love Zeke. I fucking love Zeke. Also comes out of nowhere. Like I didn't realize how much status stick to the status quo comes out of nowhere where you're like, cause moving forward and especially with how they would, you know, the, the, the characters, like I think her name is a character's name, Martha, the pop yes. and lock. And yes, like I remember her being a way bigger part of this movie. Nope. She's only in that number. Also Zeke, him having to reveal his baking comes out of nowhere. Well, so what happens is like, once he does that, then he has lines and is part of the dialogue. Yes. Casey Stroh, who plays Martha, should have been with Taylor. Because she talks about how much she likes homework and she's smart, but she yeah. loves to hip-hop yeah. dance. And it's weird that Taylor, when both camps are like confronting Troy and Gabriella separately about the other one, you have Zeke, you have Jason... And you have Chad doing the talking for Troy. But then you really only have Taylor. But there's a group of people behind her. So I'm like, why isn't Martha there? Like, yeah, and I, th- I, think the, I think the whole like decathlon subplot falls flat. Yeah. And then the, the his name isn't Stoner Brett. What is his name? I feel like it's Brett, but I could be wrong. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, like they never come back ever again, but you know who they are. The skater dude. That's what they're, that's what they're called, by the way. Skater dudes. Skater dudes. Yep. All um, of, all I'm, of them are called skater dudes. Doesn't matter what gender they are, but the, the skater dude, ah, he's only called skater dude. The one that plays cello. I'm like, you never come back at all. Like at least nope. Martha comes back. Yeah, the, she gets uh, a little. She gets a little like side eye wink at the end. Yeah, and she get she gets uh, a solo moment, and we're all in this together. Yes, like, choreography wise. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry to to hij- to hijack your. No, go go with your sharps. This is a discussion, John. This is a tête-à-tête. That's not that's not right. Um. Oh, here we go. Yeah, my sharp is Sharpay. In the sense, in the sense, I think that I, I think I understand Sharpay, Kelsey, and Ryan so much better now as an adult than I did as a kid. And like, I can't do vocal warm ups without thinking of, but like, also like, that is kind of what you do when you actually want to warm up. And it's obviously making fun of it or, like, exaggerating the, these true things. Like, again, bop to the top, I think easily the most impressive number in the entire movie. Yes. Minus the culture and sensitivities at the beginning of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, please. Thank you. Thank you. That's very important. I meant, I meant more choreography and, and performance-wise. Yes. Other than get your head in the game. I think those two are the... Bop to the top is so clearly better than them, than whatever this Kate Bush soaring, flying, running, climbing, jumping song is, and them just walking around. Well, that's because clearly Ashley Tisdale and Lucas Grabeel are triple threats, and uh, Vanessa Hudgens and um, 
Zac Efron can move, but they're not dancers. Yeah. Although, Zach really is. And so is Vanessa Hudgens. They, they, are, they both they, really are, though. But I feel like that's more with the choreog like to go to compliment the choreographers. Because, like, they're, they are moving and everything, but I feel like they're focusing more, uh, especially in this one, they're focusing more on the acting and singing for those two characters. Yeah. Yeah. Also, whoever um, put... Whoever put her in heels during We're All in This Together needs to be murdered because <laughs> I feel so bad for her and Ashley Tisdale. Like the stomp, the amount of stomping they do in that number. Oh. And they're in heels. They're like at knees. least, at least Taylor had to, sorry to go cost all costumes for a hot No, second. please. This is the stuff I wouldn't see. Taylor has a, has a lower heel and a chunky shoe, but like Vanessa Hudgens is in like, kind of a stiletto in a way like a like a very thin heel i was watching it i was like your poor feet must be murdered after that feet ankle knees all yeah do you have any other sharps no okay um (laughs) so it's funny that you mentioned uh the warm-up because i sharped the warm-up as well because i thought it was i'm like this is iconic iconic yeah um I also sharped Casey Stroh because we love her. I lo- of course. I also love... Allison Reed. Oh, uh, not so much. But Casey Stroh... What? I, well, hold on. I follow I follow Casey Stroh on TikTok, and I'm seeing her videos, and she's dancing still to this day. So I'm like, you go, Glenn Coco. Like, you you have your... You have love your that for her. And then I know she was one of the few who came into the high school musical the musical the series Um, oh yeah yeah when they were doing things when they were playing heightened versions of themselves and i've seen her like i haven't seen that season but i i saw her like behind the scenes being like it's coach bolton yeah it's it's uh chad woo you know like getting together with her fellow cast members clearly now in their 30s 40s however old they are um, but also as somebody who is a larger person seeing a fellow larger person in a role where her size has nothing to do with her character is amazing. Yeah. She's a book. She's a, she's a nerd. Like that's, her, that's the thing. Like she's good at home. She loves homework, but she can pop and lock and jam and break. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I will, I will say like, some of the the representation the, uh, there was I I did learn that Sharpay this is this is maybe a little flat for sure is that the original intention was to have Sharpay and uh, Ryan be um, uh, black they were looking for black actors to play um, Sharpay and Ryan so um, instead they made it Taylor and Chad I think so and so but so they were supposed apparently Corbin Blue originally auditioned for Ryan and he has a quote saying, yeah, they found a black actress to play Sharpay, but apparently they couldn't find the right Ryan. Well, I read that Ashley Tisdale auditioned for Gabriella. Yeah. And so in Lucas Grabeel auditioned for Troy. Right. That's so fascinating. (laughs) I mean, especially like the early aughts of like Disney, you know, again, a lot of them had already been in some Disney projects. Like they, they have like these ideas of who they kind of wanted into it. But that being said, the fact that, you know, Taylor is the leader of the decathlon and 
you know, and Vanessa Hudgens, whose character I, I believe is supposed to be Latina. Well, I mean, her name is Gabrielle. The character name is Gabrielle. Is Gabrielle Montez. Um, so I, you know, I, the, in, at least the insinuations of that of like again, these two, you know, often underrepresented are the smartest kids in school. I think that's really cool. Um, although the movie does follow around a straight white boy who's scared to sing, um, and has gay panic. So that's not great. So I also sharped. Well, you you gave it shit, but I lo- I laughed so hard when Sharpay said "evaporate tall person." Like I forgot some of the wit in this movie, and <laughs> I sharp I sharped that line specifically. Um, I also sharped the color coordinated finale because we love it. Um, this just then- must have been so much fun to film. Like I can't. Like I think that's I think that's what I realized as a kid. I think yeah. what I could recognize is that like I was like damn, I wish I could be, not even in this movie, I don't want to be Troy, I don't want to be Chad, I don't want to be Zeke. Like, but I want to be... be in a movie with people around your age and just hanging out and, and dancing doing and singing, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was like, and that was, you again, at 10 years old, that was kind of like, I started, you know, I was, again, I was still playing sports. I thought I, thought I was going to go to college, and like, my goal, I think, at one point was like, I want to play... D1 hockey at Boston College when I was like 10 years old. That was like the dream to me. And it really, it really wasn't until high school where I was like, I I, I, I fully want to pursue a career uh, in acting. So I think to, to know subconsciously that like having seen this movie, I was like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. I think was really important to me. Which is and fascinating just- because this movie is like the whole conflict is that they're two people who are finding interests in other avenues. And you yourself just admitted that you were like, I had my mind set in one thing and then I got to high school and now I changed my mind because you're at a time in your life in high school where you're, fig- you're figuring yourself out. And there is the societal pressure that by the time you're 18 years old or whenever you graduate high school, that you have to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You need to know by by 18, 17, 18 years old, what you're going to do for a living. And that can change. That can change in your 30s. That can change whenever. So it's so it's just fascinating that this movie, like the main conflict is that everyone around these two individuals are upset that they are finding themselves. <laughs> yeah i know but but the in the idea too you have to be one or all or nothing it's one or the other and the fact that you can oh my god why (laughs) did i just get really cerebral on high school musical (laughs) honestly yeah we did and i still have if i have (laughs) i have a few more sharps um i want to sharp the post-credit scene because it's just so stupid and funny fuck i forgot to watch it this time around yeah. I forgot about it. Oh, I I forgot that it existed, but I like to now sit through credits because you never know. So the post-credit scene, iconic. Um, and I also, I want to sharp the following performances. Stick to the status quo, we're breaking free, and uh, we're all in this together. And uh, get your head in the game because because the basketballography is amazing. Um would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Do you want me to go first while you think? No. Um, 
I'm tr- I'm trying to to word this this carefully. There is a playlist that I have on Spotify uh, that's just titled Winky Face. And I often will open it as a joke to friends it, to say, is it your would you like pleasures? to see? No, it's, would you like to see my sex playlist? And on it is, <laughs> get your head in the game. We're all in this together. <laughs> all star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> Don't cry for me, Argentina. Waving through a window. There's so many. There's so many on there. But uh, so so yes, in, in some ways, uh, this this this. Uh, and I want to be clear, this is all used for parody purposes only. But in a way, it has made its way onto a playlist of my life. Um, but honestly, I do think that sometimes, like, there's two things that I think all theater kids who grew up watching this will do, which is anytime and he was like, oh my, oh my gosh, I totally forgot what I'm doing. I got, I got, I got to focus up. People go, get your head in the game. Or you, you hear, or you hear, we're on this together, and you're like, oh, yeah, and we automatically start doing the pumps. Exactly, it's those two. So I think those two have made it into my, into my playlist of my life in my subconscious, and they're always constantly playing in the background, just a little bit, you know, really on a really low, and sometimes the dial just gets turned up slightly. <laughs> um, I added what I've been looking for, but the twins version, the upbeat one. Let's just talk about really quickly the fact that they're twins. And again, subconsciously, I was like, oh, it's Sharpay and her gay best friend, Ryan. Yep. Always. Uh, I also added Stick to the Status Quo, Breaking Free, and we're on this together. Stick to the Status Quo is another one that you hear we Status didn't give Quo. Right now. No, no. You hear when you're in the world, you hear Status Quo and you're like, Stick to the Status Quo. Oh, oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Right, uh, like, am I am I the only one that does that? Because you're not, you're not, yeah. because that that's how I really, I think that's like when I really learned what status quo meant. Yeah, like the word, the word or the phrase. I think I think this movie taught me that. It was either that or I was like, I felt so smart because I knew what it meant. It's one of the two. I forget which one, but all, but this was the this was the song that when I when I first saw the movie when I was ten years old, like this was the one I was like. This is amazing. I was like everyone dancing and everyone dancing like that and just like throwing basketballs into the air that disappear and never come back. Or Somebody everyone reaching it. for the sky. Oh, Somebody they do? Does catch it. Yeah. Watch it again. I, I truly thought it just never came back down. I, th- I think Zeke catches it. That classic Zeke Cause, move. Because there's that. So it's Chad who throws it over the girl on the table doing choreography and then there's Zeke in the background who catches it, or somebody catches it. I noticed that this time around. Okay, thank you, thank you, because that was going to bother me. Okay, uh, but on that note, D-Speeds, we're done with the episode. We did it. Yeah, we didn't, I don't think there were really any hot takes this time around. I, I was trying to come up no, with no. some way to frame well, this, but... I had a hot take this time. <laughs> the realization of that this movie is a, has a bigger issue. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you have to plug or promote? I got a couple things in the works that I can't mention yet, but uh, dspeeds23 on Instagram. I will keep everybody updated or my website, derekpenspeedy.com. Uh, and if you, oh, if you were in a production of the stage version of this, I'd like to know who you played and 
Uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. I'm sorry, everyone, that this turned into a stage door-centric episode. <laughs> I did not mean <laughs> for it to happen. I just, it was a thing that I was like, oh, I know there's a stage version. How did it come about? Wikipedia, tell me. Stage door manner. Derek Speedy's coming on. We have to talk about that. And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, well... We're, like I said, we're continuing the trilogy and we're doing High School Musical 2, everyone. Honestly, um, this this inspired me to go back and watch the second one and I've never seen the third. My sister and I saw the third one in theaters. We were the only two people at that, at that screening of it and it was, we were laughing our asses off. Was it iconic? No, but this one's iconic. Uh, Good. <laughs> Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, G-Speech, for coming back. Um, A pleasure, as always. Uh, and bye for now, everyone. Bye! Special thanks to Aaron Troy for creating the pod's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles. A huge thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. And thank you again for tuning in to today's episode of Life's But A Song. Bye for now, everyone, and have a musical day.